Well, welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm here again with Ryan Kreitzer. We started, Ryan, uh, last week a uh, conversation uh, dealing with uh, the passage in Romans that uh, our church is uh, wading its way through. And there's some questions that come out of that about how to think about homosexuality. And as you know, um, for various reasons, there are a lot of churches today that are taking another look at um, what has been a traditional teaching on sexuality, and uh, they are trying to find ways to um, balance or at least to uh, not receive the scorn that we do receive for holding a view that is contrary to Mm -hmm. our culture. And uh, this is not the first time it's happened. There are other times when churches have been, what I might say, are ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, why would you be ashamed? Mm. I think that there are some who deal with feelings of embarrassment uh, because the gospel is offensive. And one of the worst things um, you can do is say to someone, you're hateful, you're a bigot, what you believe is is hurting people and contributing sometimes to their suicide. Mm. And so we can't live with that. And we're tempted to say, well, how can we remove that stigma? And forgetting that the Apostle Paul says, no, the, we're unashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to salvation. It can go against the grain of society and prevail. It works. There's power in the gospel. Mm -hmm. So let's talk for a few minutes about um, the temptation or the the tendency of churches today to look at some of these passages and uh, reinterpret them so that they are at peace Mm -hmm. with uh, our culture. Is that a good starting point? That's a great starting point, yeah. So, yeah, I think one of the the key arguments that I've read in a number of different books and articles is pretty much applying a love hermeneutic on top of everything we read. And in the Bible, certainly love is in a very important doctrine in Scripture. God is love is what we're described. And so when it's thought of that way, you think, how can a loving God uh, in that kind of construct see people who... Uh, seem in their own minds to have not chosen this sort of path, how can he condemn uh, that path? Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and yeah, it certainly often is connected with suicide, uh, the challenges of, um, yeah. And, and I, I think on a very f- beginning level, uh, there is a little bit we can take from this. Like there is a sense in which as Christians, we can look at ourselves and ask, have I been loving in an honest way to people. And we don't define love the same way society does. Uh, Love involves both grace and truth, according to Jesus. He came uh, and dwelling among us with grace and truth, John begins out with. And so there's a sense that our definition of love is different than society's. And if we we do, and and if we follow the logic of um, people saying that you can't uh, even tell someone the truth, um, and that's not part of love. Um, well, that's not a Christian love any longer. That is a, a form of love that is, um, yeah, just not in line with uh, 
a, a Christian. Right, so ethic. how do we think about um, people who, and I think most young people who have come out mm-hmm. as gay have had a difficult go of it. I think it's probably a lot less now. There's a lot of support for um, gay people. But most, I think, would still say at the, in their families or mm-hmm. the closed social networks, uh, it's been traumatic. And that's why mm-hmm. um, suicide is a real issue. Mm-hmm. So they come into the church. God bless them. They get that far. And how do we, how do we shepherd them? How do we disciple them? Um, they, they are deeply hurt by people who believe maybe as we believe, but Mm -hmm. have treated them uncharitably. So how do we speak grace and truth Mm -hmm. to people? Do we, or do we just take another look at the scripture and say, oh, we got it wrong. Sorry about all that. Um, turns out that, uh, God isn't a God of wrath Mm. and homosexuality is not, um, an expression of his handing anyone over to their sin. Um, sorry about that. You're okay. Don't change a thing. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, yeah, there's the temptation to go that way. I mean, that, that would be, um, like if we were forming the, our form of love around society's way of viewing love, but yeah, it, it just doesn't stand up to, um, scrutiny that you can't love another person while still holding another point of view. Um, I like part of it, I do believe is hearing their story. I mean, listening to people as they're willing to share it. I mean, it's not forcing people to share their story. Uh, but there is a set times where people even will just argue about language at the first, first point of things. And I, I don't think that we always need, I mean, we need to seek to understand what people are saying, but ar- arguing your point when you're first trying to get to know someone is probably not much of a dialogue and so there's this, there's a lot of uh, just kindness. I mean, I have heard of many people who, um, yeah, the the pastors or people that they interacted with didn't know how to um, deal with it, and they probably handled in ways that were, and we can at least affirm <laughs> with them that that wasn't ideal. Like that was not what I mean. I think a Christ follower would ideally do, or we can even say, you know, like I mean, I think if we're honest, like if we think about it, have we joked about um, being gay or have we spoke about it in a mm-hmm. way that was underhanded uh, that's not above reproach? So there, there, are, there is some truth that Christians have not always been loving, but at the same time, we can still hold to historic Christian sexual ethic and see that what a person ultimately needs is love from God and connection with God. Um, so what you 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 get fulfilled by yeah. uh, in in a short term period. That's so, not ultimately. So how is them. it how is it kind and loving mm-hmm. to say to someone who is deeply defined by this? Mm-hmm. How they got there is another story, but this this is as essential to their identity as the color of their skin. Okay, and they've somehow fallen in love with Jesus, but um, they they come to church. And how is it kind? How is it loving to teach them that the way they define themselves is not biblical, and by mm. the grace of God, that can change. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that there is that hurts. A- 
there is a the the identity <coughs> side of it does uh, is probably especially where people viscerally respond. Yeah, and so there's a, a definite reality that especially if they sense that they don't feel like it's chosen uh, that and I mean I, I, I appreciated the analogy that uh, I didn't choose to be an English speaker but I grew up and it doesn't seem like I chose being English speaker but it, in a lot of ways it's just a part of my reality my whole life and so the in some ways I guess part of it is just um, if they're really visceral about that, I mean, we're not responding back in kind. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a sense in which we can understand why it might be visceral for someone. Uh, at this, at the same time, uh, truth um, is something that um, humility before God to say, what defines me? Uh, like we've talked before and about the rise and triumph of the modern self uh, that uh, was recently written, and the idea that what defines me that comes, if, if there's at least a willingness to talk about what defines who I am, is not just what comes inside of me, of me but it can be defined by a loving, good creator who is, is not a bigoted thought. Uh, it is more of a, a, a trying to connect you to what's ultimately meaningful. <laughs> so can we, yeah. can we really believe that speaking the truth in love, that on a surface level is unwelcome and viewed with suspicion, do we really believe, and is it true, that this is helpful and that it's for their flourishing mm -hmm. and it's for their good and it will bring them joy at some point? That we're not saying, sucks to be you, it's going to be tough, this truth hurts, and it's never going to stop hurting, and it's just painful all around. Do we really believe that when the Word of God mm -hmm. is applied to someone's life, the truth of it, that there is healing, yeah, and there is peace, and the end is better than the beginning? Yeah. Oh, certainly. I mean, in this world, we will have trouble. I think we do have to expect the reality of that, but at the same time, God is the one who renews day by day, and He... Um, as I think the even that hymn, I often think of that hymn. The um, as we grow closer, the the things of this world grow strangely dim, uh, and there's there's a beauty in seeking God that uh, isn't found in anything else. <laughs> and I to totally believe that someone who's outside. I mean, I think part of what the answer, the challenge of this is, is when someone's not a Christian. Um, I mean, there, there's totally there's a lot of different conversations here. When someone says they're a Christian, we would obviously hope that they would. Uh, see the authority of Scripture and, and help them to um, see a good hermeneutic of how to interpret it. Uh, when someone's not a Christian, it's sometimes seen like Christians are trying to impose their values on non-Christians. and that or, or they're reading the Bible in such a way that yeah. comports with their opinion. Yeah, exactly. And so there's, I mean, that's where, I mean, public politics and how to engage in these conversations, that's a harder conversation because it... Um, involves those who are not seeing the authority of the Bible or seeing even it as good. And my hope is that, I mean, my point of view is I ultimately want people to love Jesus. <laughs> my, my goal is not to convert people to being heterosexual. Like that, that's, uh, that's, that's like scripturally, I mean, that's in line with God's design, I would see, uh, as it's described in Genesis. But I do not want to um, 
make my goal anything less than their delight in Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. my hope is that they would see the beauty and greatness of Christ and and long to love him not out of uh, wrong motives like uh he's like a taskmaster <laughs> but out of like wow he's my loving father who I get to mm-hmm. uh be brought along with. Yeah. So. You know, uh you and I both have read from Sam Albury. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just been a blessing to the evangelical community because uh, he he would say even today that he is a same-sex attracted person. Mm-hmm. And that's his besetting sin, if you will, or that's his temptation. Mm-hmm. And he would acknowledge that giving into that, like any temptation, would be sin. Uh, but But there he is. And he speaks just like what you have, that there is a wholeness for him. Uh, He is serving the Lord full time. Uh, He's not hiding who he is. Mm -hmm. And God has given him an amazing ministry that is the envy of a lot of guys, I think, in Mm -hmm. ministry because his issue, his temptation has been used by God as a platform for great ministry. So um, he's an example of the kind of person who experiences uh, the fruitfulness and the joy of the Lord, uh, yet maintaining a lifelong same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. So I think I look at it this way. Uh, dentists are hated by kids, not so much anymore because <laughs> they get all kinds of toys and everything. But a dentist, when when a child says, I hate you, you're mean, all those things, the, the dentist doesn't feel shame not ashamed of, well, I better not be a dentist anymore, or I better not do whatever it is that hurts this kid. The dentist knows better. He knows that his equipment, the, the drill, all that stuff that he has is for the good of that child. And one of these days, he'll know it. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll thank me for this. But I think too many Christians, too many churches say, no, we'll not speak the truth or will reinterpret the truth um, so that you can be at peace with your condition. And to me, uh, that's naive, but at worst, it's unloving and it's dangerous. Mm. So I just um, think that we need to believe in the power of the gospel Mm -hmm. to bring about the salvation of God and unleashing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives and not think that we need to reinterpret the scripture to be at peace mm-hmm. with our culture. Well, but that's where we're at. A lot, of, a lot of us are kind of in that place where we say, is that, hath God really said? And mm-hmm. yeah, God really has said these things. And if that's the case, then it's for our good and God's glory. Mm-hmm. Well, Ryan, we're out of time. Thanks for joining us on Thinking About It. I hope we can get you back uh, to think further on this. Our series is ongoing in Romans And I think we'll have lots to think about. So until then, I'm Bob McGregor. I'm here with Ryan Kreitzer.